Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Sorry. <clears throat> How are you? How's your week going? Oh, is it almost over? Isn't that great? I was working my ass off this week. I'm just, you know, when you get so busy, you're like, I'm just trying to get to, if I can just get to March 3rd. And you th- what do you think? You think it's all going to be downhill. All the craziness is going to be end. It's going to end. I'm going to pass this project. I'm going to have my free time back. I can get into my feels, man. But here's the deal. You're the one who booked your fucking schedule so crazy. I'm really not talking to you. I'm talking to me right now. I'm the one who booked the fucking crazy schedule. And then I'm acting like next month I'm not going to be me still without doing any work on um, what the, whatever the fuck it is that I'm doing. Um, whatever. I, I have a, other than doing this podcast, I got today off, sort of. Run around, my daughter's got a, a bigger bed. I had to go pick that fucking thing up. I got to go put that goddamn thing together. It's a labor of love, but, you know, it still takes up the time during the day. Um, and do I get any thanks? You know, do I get a ticket tape parade? Do you see me going on the social media saying that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, underserved for uh, so-and-so? You want to hear me complain, all you got to do is turn on this podcast. (laughs) I like putting shit together. I don't know what happens to my brain. I just slow everything down. I get fucking patient. Instead of impatient, I I, I look at all the instructions. I count out all the things that I'm supposed to have. I set them up in little piles, and I get like super fucking like anal about the whole thing, right? Because I'm not going to say OCD. The way people say narcissist and fucking sociopath. I was just talking about that with somebody. Just everything is just like this. Like there's four or five psychological conditions that uh, people who are not psycho- psychologists diagnose everybody's as. Narcissist, sociopaths, uh, OCD, ADD, and uh, what's the last one? Oh, this is always the toughest one. Family feud. Yeah, the dumbest family member. The one they had to go last in the rotation. Can you, can you eat up some innings, you dumb fuck? Right? What do we got here? Um, I would say, what's your five? Everybody's diagnosis, narcissistic, sociopath, OCD, ADD. And then I'm going to say uh, uh, epileptics to underground. Um, would you go, what's that fucking thing? Autistic on the spectrum. Somewhere on the spec. You're somewhere on the spectrum. You know, wide berth, 180 degrees all out in front of you, right? 270 all the way over to 90. Um, that's what I would say. Most people are diagnosed as that, you know, except I've never gotten any of those diagnoses. I got, uh, I've gotten um, borderline dyslexic, and I've also been diagnosed as a cunt. (laughs) Anyway, um, I've been all over the map um, this past month, and I haven't had time to work out. But that that shouldn't stop you from living the best you that you can while someone else sews together their clothes and sleeps on a concrete slab in a country that for some reason is considered less, lesser than. Um, I've still been able to get like workouts in. I just do the body weight ones. 
which is easy for your legs, right? Easy, easy. Um, squats and whatnot, planks and whatnot, and all that type of shit. And, you know, I've fucking jacked my shoulder a couple of times, but I've been able to just, you know, I don't fucking just freeze it up again. I keep it moving, you know? Oh, shit. You know what? I was watching Real Sports, Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble's Real Sports. Brian, have you talked to Greg lately? Gumble. I was watching his, uh, his show. They always, that's such a great show. Um, and they were showing this guy that was on, uh, I want to say he was on the Nationals. And he says, I'm good at two things, uh, you know, throwing a baseball and pissing people off. And I was thinking, all right, that's, a, that's, that's something a young person says, you know. Um, but then I actually watched him. And, uh, hey, Nia, you want to come down and do the podcast for a second? Talk about Brian Gumbel? So anyway, so we're watching. So it turns out the kid's actually like super, super, super smart. And he's doing all these, these, you know, he doesn't ice his arm down like they've always told you to do. He does like what active recovery or some shit like that. Yeah, that little stick, that wand thing. Come sit here so we, we, can, we can hear you. Hey, watch out for my little fucking, my smoothie there. My almond smoothie. Almond smoothie. Uh, yeah, the Not belt was, my, my belt was feeling a little tight yesterday. So, um... Anyway, um, Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble, right? Brian Gumble got the dad brain here. So we're watching this thing. So we always watch them. They just have these amazing stories, and these guys go out in the field and they get the stories. And then what happens is inevitably, <laughs> is they come back into the studio, and they fucking start talking to Brian Gumble, who for whatever reason <laughs> seems to have a clipboard or some sort of pad of like paper, a legal pad, yes. and a pad. And he's like furiously taking notes. He's like writing it down. And it's like, Brian, what are you writing down? The story's over. It's yeah, done. Yeah. They come to you with all the information. <laughs> what are you making notes about? Like, it's just so preposterous. I, I swear to God, he's writing down like what his assistant needs to get him or like what he wants for dinner that night or something like that. I know. Because what is he going to go do a follow up interview? What yeah, is he writing down? Like with his glasses, like just, you know, scribbling it down and being like. All right, so follow up. And it's like, you know what? It's already, I don't know. And then I like how his diagnosis is the diagnosis. Even if the guy says, he goes, don't you think he's, would you say he's a little, little paranoid? And the, and the guy goes, I, I would say he's a little defensive. So he's like. Sensitive. Yeah, and he goes, sensitive. yeah, a little sensitive. And he goes, so paranoid with a small P. It's like, yes, Brian, whatever you say. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, write that down on your little legal pad in a it's, small P. It's your show. So whatever, whatever you want it to be, sir. You really cracked me up. We were just sitting there watching, listening to the story, and then Nia just looks over and she goes, the fuck is he writing down? <laughs> Why is he always writing down things? Like, what could he possibly be writing down? It's like damn near a scripted show. Like, I don't understand what the notes are about, but I don't know. Maybe he's... That has to be the joke with the prop people there when they, um, yeah. like, we got to get him his pad and his pencil. Yeah, maybe he is thinking of follow-up stuff. Maybe he is watching these segments for the first time and then sitting down with the people. But I just don't, I don't think that that's true. Do you know what that reminded me of? Mm. Remember a long time ago uh, when Dave Letterman was out for a week and he had all those guest hosts? Mm -hmm. And Will Ferrell came in. He hosted the show. He was amazing. And then he just had this random question. He just, he'd be asking just normal Oh, you did this movie. What was it like? And then I was just, I don't know where you'd be. How much do you weigh? <laughs> right? And then you tell him how much you weigh. And then he would just write it down and would never address it and continued on. And then everybody on the show who came out, he asked them how much they weighed. And then Jake Johansson was the comedian that night. Mm -hmm. And Jake came out and, you know, and when he did his intro, hey, how's everybody going? And then he looked over 
at uh, Will, and he goes, uh, 185. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did his set. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, it was funny. Now I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, so it's okay when a white guy randomly writes something down? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that's. I just wanted to talk about that. Oh, that's it? I don't know. No, I don't really have Do you want to talk about the Bruins versus the Calgary Flames? <clears throat> I know nothing about that. The Celtics versus the Utah Jazz. Again, I'm at a loss. Uh, blaming Generations. For 200. Oh, blaming generations? Oh, like it's the baby boomers' fault and that sort of thing. Well, some, I just heard something this morning. Oh, what that stupid thing. We, listened, we took our lovely daughter to the doctor. Yes. She's awesome. Everything's going great, thank God. And she's uh, just a general checkup before everybody freaks out. <laughs> Making sure she can, you know, yeah, cognitive, okay. everything. She has a, a checkup. They do she has her facilities. They, yeah, they're, they're going to see her next year, the next time she has a birthday. It's, yeah, it's all good. So we were fucking driving, and we're listening to NPR because we're in Nia's car. And Nia is just <laughs> so smart and just so loves information. So I do love information. You know, I've been listening to, I've been listening to uh, on uh, one of the Ramones. What is it? Johnny Ramone, the drummer. He's like the only guy left. Mm-hmm. And he's got this great fucking show on Sirius. I'll get you guys the name of it. He's called The Godfather. And he plays all of this fucking killer music from back then that I, I never listened to. I was never into that shit. He plays like uh, everything from the shit that was going UCB, but like deep tracks mm-hmm. of all of those bands, bands I never heard of. And then he did, um, he did this, this, this song by Black Flag called Slide It In. And there's this little snare drum fill in the beginning Slide it in. Slide it in. It's a very... Dirty. It's not suggestive at all. Not at all. (laughs) So there's a drum fill in there. And I was like, oh my God, I've I've heard somebody do their variation of that. And it was Dave Grohl when he was on Queens of the Stone Age. I wonder if that's where his not... Because I know he was like a big punk drummer. Uh, loved all the punk drummers, I mean, and was in a punk band and all that, was into Bonham and all of that stuff. And I remember whenever you say he was in a punk bands, I was like, God, I just never got into that shit. So I'm listening to this, and I'm hearing all this great music, which is fucking amazing. It was really good. And uh, then I heard this little drum fill. I mean, Dave did a whole drum solo before it, and then in the end he did like a, I think he gave a little nod to that guy, which made Dave even cooler mm-hmm. in my book. Um, pretty, pretty damn cool. Yeah, so... Uh, Wait, can I ask so anyways, oh, no, I, I got off track. So we're driving over to the doctors and we're oh, listening yes. to NPR. Wait, wait, but can I ask a question real quick? Because you said the Ramones. Did they sing that song? 20, 20, 24 hours ago, I want to be sedated. Nothing bah, bah, to bah, do, bah. nowhere to go. I want to be sedated. Can we start an awful band? Put me on a... Something. I can't oh, control oh, my fingers. I can't control my brain. Whoa. I wanna be sedated. Gotta finish it. I wanna be sedated. Me Renee Hill, everybody. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. That would be perfect to end it there. But I have to talk to you about your pretentious. NPR listening. I like N- I like NPR. But they were talking yeah. about like this time during the history of France mm-hmm. that was Le Zonde Zonde de Belle. Belle Époque. 
which was beautiful ca- era. a beautiful era, right? Uh-huh. So they were talking, of course, they were focusing on all the stuff that women did back then, right? Because it's NPR. They were talking about the art that was depicted at the time. And some of the art that was depicted of was of the women doing domesticated work. And they were just describing how the paintings and portraiture looked. But of the course, descriptions here no are Nia's thoughts say, own and are not shared no by the Monday Morning Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one can say anything about anything having to do with women without you taking umbrage to it because you're so fucking fragile in your masculinity. Admit it. anyone talks about anything women are doing, you're like, oh, so what? Fucking guys are sitting at home, like, picking their ass? Like, what about us? <laughs> Nia, you are ignoring. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of truth in that. <laughs> All right, but what you did ignore was they were like showing all these paintings. They were going like, they just showing, you know, how much of the workforce was women back then? Like 30% of the workforce was women. Doing and he, laundry. Doing laundry, right? And they're fucking going, they're talking about the woman ironing. You can just see them putting their whole backs into it. Putting their weight into putting like. Putting their whole weight into it. Ironing a fucking shirt. No, they were talking about washing because you know they have the washboards. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, meanwhile, there was probably 18 guys dying a day building the fucking Eiffel Tower. It is a competition. Everything's a competition. Competition. Uh, you? True asshole man. Everything is a competition. Sexist. It's not. Yeah, you are. So are you. I'm not. No, you are, but what am I? <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Give me a kiss. Mwah. All right, get out of my face. What? Beat it. Bye. I have no use for you. I'm drinking some of this. Of course you are. Of course you are. You're a woman. You came into a room. You can't leave without a parting oh, gift. Geez. Isn't she great? You know, she's not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, but you know what? I'll, I'll stick with her. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous. They were like, and you just see these women, they're just putting their whole backs into it. And I just bursted out laughing. This goes back to the, everybody fucking making fun of that flat earther who died in the steam rocket. You know, all of you fucking people who just sit there and you lay back and you let other people take the risk and die and then they gain the information and then they repeat it to you and then you walk around like you figured it out. All right? You didn't. You're just as dumb as I am. Poo-hoo. Um, oh, my God. I fucking hate when I do that. This doesn't seem a big deal to you, but I just, I was trying to hit pause. I didn't want to, I was trying to see how much time was left. I hit the wrong button. Then I hit stop. I got to splice these fucking things together. I tell you, it is so difficult to be a white male doing his own podcast with no guests uh, in the United States of America. Um, all right. Plowing ahead here. Um, let's see. Was I go, was, what was I going to do here? I just completely lost my train of thought. Bruins made a move, I guess. I missed it. I was working. I was hoping we were going to get some fucking lunatic to come up and beat the shit out of those fucking one-dimensional St. Louis Blues if we meet him in the finals again. Bruins trade deadline acquisition. Look at me with the big word. Where the fuck did that one come from? All right. Bruins trade deadline moves affect Stanley affect cap. All right, that must mean we got rid of some uh, lower-paid people and ended up with a higher salary. What Bruins trade deadline deal means for their salary cap? Oh, my God, who the fuck cares? It's been the company mantra since Don Sweeney took over as Bruins general manager in the offseason of 2015. Bruins has coddled the line between winning and the present and preserving the future throughout the past four years. Jesus Christ, who did they get? 
I don't know who they got. Let's just see if they beat Calgary, and then I'll make my decision on whether or not that was a good move because that's what a sports fan does. Versus Bruins, give me the score. Calgary, 5-2, to two, we lost again. Christ, we, we traded away a guy with hot for some flashy guy on the fucking Ducks. I blame him for this whole fucking one-game losing streak since he's played with us. Um. All right, well, we fucking got the shit kicked out of us. We've let up 14 goals in the last two games. All right, well, this is good. It's not bad. It's not bad to happen in February. It scares you when it happens, you know, towards the end of the season. All right, whatever. We've been having good games. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and I believe the Celtics hung on. Not hung on. They were, they, they were like up by seven, I believe. That's hanging on. Hanging on to beat Utah? I don't know, Bill. Why don't you get the fucking score before you start the podcast, guys? Because that's not how I do it. All right? I do have something to promote here. March 10th. March 10th, everybody, is uh, at the Avalon across from um, uh, Capitol Records right here in Hollywood. Uh, it's going to be this killer show Dean Del Rey's putting together. It is a tribute to uh, the 40th anniversary of the passing of the late, great, Arguably greatest front man in rock history, uh, Bon Scott. Well, one of the, you can never say who's the greatest, but he was one of just one of the, the the best. Coming out there, right, with his tattoos back when badass guys got tattoos, no shirt on, fucking belting the songs out, Angus going nuts, Malcolm cranking it out, Mark Evans, Cliff Williams, depending on the era, Phil Rudd, also a helicopter pilot, also the greatest fucking drummer ever. My opinion as far as just fucking making and taking the easiest drum beat ever and making 80,000 people lose their fucking minds. Love that guy. And I'll tell you, a very underrated ACDC album is uh, For Those About to Rock. You know, came out a year after Back in Black. And then, you know, everybody gauges it by album sales. And um, I love that album. And I think it's, I, it might be Phil Rudd's best drumming. I love his drumming on that album. Um, he got a little bit busier, but was still Phil Rudd and all of that stuff. So anyways, it's going to be a tribute to Bon Scott. So what it basically is, it's a stand-up show. Me and Dean are doing stand-up. I imagine he'll have a couple others. Full stand-up show. And then he comes out and basically does a fucking rock concert with all these fucking rock stars. Uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki Six was there last time. Um, Steve Gorman was there last time. Um, just a whole... Bunch of people. Jesus Christ, I'm blanking on everybody's fucking names. Um, Scotty and from Anthrax. I mean, it was just a, a heavy lineup. Dave Kushner from Velvet Revolver. Who else? Come on, Bill. Oh, yours truly. I played drums on a couple of songs, and I'll play drums on a couple this time. It's going to be fucking amazing. Come on down. There's rumors of some really fucking big people coming down, drummers and all of that shit. It's just uh, everybody's got their touring schedules, but Dean knows all of these guys. So it's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, not to shit on what me and Nia just did to that Ramon song. And I apologize to all Ramon fans out there, but, uh, you know, it's going to be professionals except for the five minutes while I'm playing. <laughs> all right. So, okay. Plowing ahead here. Let's read the art of simply safe. Everybody simply safe. Uh, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of a CNET 
Editor's Choice Award, uh, Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your for your entire home. Outdoor camera and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. You mean even me? Yes, you. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Visit simplysafeburr.com, B-U-R-R. Uh, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You'll get, you got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafeburr.com. That's simplysafeburr.com. All right. All right, let's get on to what I wanted to talk about here, blaming generations. And I'll tell you right now, you, there's no other way to know that somebody is going to fucking be pontificating than to know that a big phony guy who lives in Hollywood, who has his own podcast, and is about ready to take a sip of an almond smoothie. Okay? So you should know the amount of pretentiousness that is coming your way. So I don't want to hear any fucking complaints about, oh, Bill, you went out to Hollywood, you got fucking soft. But, but we all know this. I'm in Hollywood right now doing a podcast so full of myself that I don't even have guests unless my wife walks by and I'm in a good mood. Okay? I've crossed one leg over the other and I have an almond smoothie in my hand. Okay? And now I'm going to drink it and try to tell you guys why you need to be doing what I'm doing as if you all admire me physically. Mm. Oh, is that good? I'll tell you, I actually prefer this to cow's milk. Um, I like when people go, you know, we're the only species. I think I've said this before. We're the only species that fucking um, nurses from a, from a different species. And I saw a picture the other day. I don't know what these fucking things were, but they didn't look like foxes and they were hanging from a fox. So I don't know. They look like a bunch of fucking, uh, one of those things that back in the day, they would walk by a heater and just catch on fire. Is it gerbils? I don't fucking know. I don't pretend to know things, people. I just keep talking and just hope, hoping that something will make sense at the end of all this. All right. So um, when we were listening to NPR, <clears throat> it was a commercial or something like that. Well, they don't really have commercials on that. Oh, I think it was a different station at that point. They're like, are you blah, blah, blah? Da, da, da. Are you disappointed with the decisions that d- the generations made before you? Um, I, I think that's such a fucking ignorant statement. And generations, once again, is just another way to take a group of humans and then create an us and a them. All right? It is a disease in the human brain. I do it. Look at me. I can't even listen on NPR when they're talking about a bunch of women who are now dead washing clothes and ironing in society where I think all women belong, by the way. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you had to admit, you guys were really good at it. Um, you know, if you, were, if, you were, if you weren't good at it, then guys would be doing it. Am I right? Come on, back me up. This guy knows what I'm talking about with the Hawaiian shirt and the fucking toupee. 
Um, kidding. You no, know, they're always like, is this us and they thing? And rather than grouping people, like to sit there and act like, I guess with, with, um, with pop culture and technology, there's definitely a, uh, you know, you don't remember that show or I've never heard of this. That isn't music. There's definitely that shit. But just as far as behavior, I think it's ignorant to do that. Because then you can just be like, ah, oh, these fucking baby boomers, man. They said they were all about peace and love and fucking Woodstock, man. And then they all became the same fucking banker cunts that melted down the economy 50 fucking years later, right? 40 years later. Um, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, every generation is just, you're just going to have greedy, psychotic lunatics that fucking ascend to power. Um, and I don't think there's any stopping it. I don't know. How, how do you do that? Because as much as I don't want that to happen, I don't know how to test people to make sure they're actually decent people. Um, by the way, I really wish I'd been watching the debates with everybody screaming and yelling at each other. As far as like the highlights go, I think I like Bernie Sanders and I like Elizabeth Warren. Um, you know, there's just something great about like people of a certain age who just have that vibe. Like, you know, I'm not taking any shit from you. They still have passion. They still got fire. I like those guys. Uh, the screaming and yelling and talking all over each other. It's just like, wow, if people wanted to hear that, they just listen to my podcast when I have a guest. Right. Um, anyway, so. I'm not blaming fucking generations. It's fun to do it. I do like that they blame generations because being part of Generation X is fantastic because we're just like, you know, nobody even remembers us. <laughs> Somehow we're not a part of the global warming. We're not a part of the banking. Like no Generation X person ever says, fuck the drinking water. I'm doing whatever it takes to ascend this fucking corporation. I mean, we're, every generation has those fucking people. So, uh, But what's great is right now, Generation X, we just sit nestled in between baby boomers and millennials. I think there's an, is there another generation between Generation X and then millennials? I don't even know. I don't even know. But all I know is they're taking all the fucking heat, Right. They're like the Houston Astros right now. They're taking all the fucking heat. All the heat. People just cannot. Some guy on sports radio I listened to, he was just sitting there saying, like, this is the biggest conspiracy in modern time. It's just like, in far, as far as what? Sports? It's not even in sports. You don't think it was a bigger conspiracy when they were losing fans to to all the other sports and baseball that they conspired to blackmail cities into buy, making them new stadiums that they then um designed them so that the offense would would be would be, be greater cuz that's what seemed to be selling the games of basketball and and football more point scoring you didn't juice up the ball bring the outfield walls in am i crazy am i crazy the owners didn't look the other way when they knew everybody was doing steroids and cranking them out of the park, but attendance was higher than ever. And the president of the United States, Bill Clinton, was sitting there watching the home run fucking competition between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Right? 
It wasn't a conspiracy to keep it an all-white league for as long as fucking humanly possible. What the fuck are you talking about? The owners didn't conspire back before free agency to fuck the, everybody and not go past a certain number as much as they possibly could. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. Somehow the Houston Astros banging on a fucking trash can. That's the biggest, that's the most sophisticated conspiracy that's ever happened in baseball. <laughs> I don't know. And then I, lo- I always love when people go like, well, if you're going to fucking do that, if these guys can do that, they can still go over there and Pete, it always goes, damn, Pete Rose should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, people, um, they don't seem to remember how that whole Pete Rose thing went down. All right, he broke the number one fucking rule in baseball, which is you don't fucking gamble on it. Because that fucks with everybody. Because as much as the Houston Astros cheated or whatever and did their fucking bullshit, you know, that doesn't affect all of baseball. People are just mad at the Houston Astros and are buying tickets so when they come to town so they can go, cheater, cheater, right? As, as you go around that line waiting to make the right turn and at the last second you cut into the line and you fuck over everybody behind because you don't want to wait. Now you're going to yell cheater at these people. Anyways, they yell cheater at those fucking people, right? It doesn't affect the whole fucking game. If anything, it's great publicity. Everybody's talking baseball. Everybody wants to see what's going to happen and watch El Tuve and all these guys squirming in their fucking interviews. All right? What happened? The reason why Pete Rose got punished to the level that he did was because of the 1919 White Sox. And they always call them the Black Sox. Because they threw the 1919 World Series. They call them the Black Sox, which it was weird because it doesn't make it seem like they were the Chicago White Sox. They weren't the Black Sox. They make it seem like it was some fucking, you know, Negro League team or some shit. It was the White Sox, all white people on the White Sox. In 1919, they threw the fucking World Series. And the league was early on, and it made people think that the whole thing was bullshit. Or at least they were worried that they were. And that would fuck with all these millionaires at the time, I don't know what they were worth back then. You probably just have five grand. You probably considered a fucking wealthy man back then. Um, it fucked with their whole business model. And it took someone like Babe Ruth coming along to save the sport. So that became like, we can never have a scandal like this again. And then Pete Rose went out and did it. And then he denied it categorically for like 20 years, 25 years. And then when he finally admitted to it, he goes, all right, I gambled on baseball. Now let me in the hall. <laughs> that was his apology. Now here's the thing. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I definitely think he should be in the Hall of Fame. You, you punish the guy. The guy absolutely loves baseball. He has a gambling problem. He fucked up. He, he, he paid the price. You should def- I definitely think they should let him in. But I don't think the Houston Astros thing, if they let these guys go, that that's like Pete Rose. I just don't. Because what Pete Rose did was... Um, I mean, I don't think it would have affected the entire game, but it's, it's more of how baseball looks at that offense. Um, they equate it to what you did, what the fuck the 1919 White Sox did, which almost took down the whole sport, or they were afraid that was going to. So that's why they've been such sticklers with that. And then also you had a commissioner, I think that in his dying wish or something, it's probably, that's probably just a fucking theory, an urban myth, you know, wanted people to adhere to that. Um, because I think it got personal between the two of them and he just wouldn't admit it and blah, 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 blah. They had to do all this fucking bullshit. 
So anyways, I don't know what I'm saying. So I think what I'm saying is you can't blame generations. Pete Rose fucked up. He should have been punished. They should stick him in the Hall of Fame now. Um, your friend's not a narcissist. He's just into himself. But he's not a full-on fucking narcissist. All right? And, you know, someone can, you know, fucking kill an ant with a magnifying glass and they're not a sociopath. They have the potential. Like a boss. I don't know. And uh, I'm liking the older Democratic candidate. Wouldn't it be fucking great to see Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump not listening to each other and just yelling at each other? Or Donald Trump and fucking Bernie Sanders. Wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, that, be, wouldn't that be a fitting end to this country? Just the two of them yelling at each other. Two old white guys. <laughs> I can see a neck move. Whatever the fuck they, they would be saying to each other. It'd be, I don't know. I'm weird like that. Um, all right. I didn't even think I said a fucking thing in the last fucking five minutes, and I apologize, but I hope I got you through your traffic, all right? God bless you. I'm going to finish my smoothie and um, stare at myself in the mirror because I'm a big phony here in Hollywood. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I got a little bit of music here picked out by the great Andrew Themelis and then a bonus half-hour addition uh, from a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from a few years ago. All right? Get those tickets for March 10th. At the Avalon. Watch old Billy Freckles banging out the drums there for a couple songs and a bunch of rock stars. And Dean Del Rey. When you're calling, ain't calling back to you. I'll be side stage, mouthing lines for you. Humiliated by age, terrified of youthful. I got hope, but my hope isn't helping you. Spitting at guts from their gears, draining our spleen over years. Found myself crossed fingers in the rubble there. What's going on? It's Bill Burr. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, February 27th, 2012. How the hell are you? How's it going? Are you in a good mood? I hope you are. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm fucking brain dead this week. I just did two shows at the Comedy Works. I'm still in Denver as, uh, as I'm recording this here. And uh, I'm laying in the uh, hotel bed. Uh, I'm wearing a uh, T-shirt um, by Jockey. I'm wearing Jockey right now. Um, Calvin Klein boxers and uh, Jockey uh, pajama bottoms. That's what I'm wearing. This is my tribute to the Oscars. You know, hey, Bill, you're a fucking loser in the middle of nowhere. What are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Would you guys like to do that? Would you like to be at the Oscars? You know, walking down, eh, what are you wearing? You know, I would, I'd love to be at the Oscars right now, sitting there waiting to to accept my third best male fucking supporting, no, lead, lead guy, and set the record. Remember Tom Hanks almost set the record. He won two years in a row, and then he went for the third when he played the astronaut. I thought he had it. He ran the gamut. You know, he won in 19, like, 90-something, right? 
<laughs> right? He played the gay guy that nobody liked because he had the disease that everybody was scared of. Right? And what did he do? He ate a bunch of kale salad and he lost weight. He looked like Michael Stipe. That's what I thought, right? And um, if you believe you get AIDS from shaking my hand. All right, didn't he sing that song? Shaking my hand. And then he won. <laughs> he won an Oscar for that. A fucking Oscar. And then the next year, he played the uh, the the mentally challenged person waiting for the bus, eating the, ch- the chocolate bars. I completely didn't understand that movie. And uh, I suffered for a long time because of that movie because it was it was one of those impressions. Somebody figured out how to do it, and then everybody could just kind of do it, right? At some point in their act, they had to be like, I love you, Jen A, right? I had to listen to that for fucking seven years. Seven years waiting for the final couple of hacks to stop fucking doing one of those goddamn jokes. All right? So there you go. He played a mentally challenged guy. He played Michael uh, Stipe lookalike, but it wasn't Michael. All right? And then the next year he plays an astronaut. Houston, we have a problem. Right? Now he's got the fucking American flag draped around him. And somehow he didn't win it. You know? Just didn't make any fucking sense. I don't know. I'm not watching the Oscars tonight. I should probably have it on. Should I? I, I miss the whole fucking. I don't. I don't. I don't like watching award shows. Watching an award show that's like going to like your your little brother's graduation. You don't give a fuck. Just give my brother the thing, and so I can get the fuck out of here, right? You know. I usually like going to Oscar parties because I just go there and I and I ruin it for everybody else because I sit there trashing people. Um. You know, trashing these way more successful people than I am. You know, it's ridiculous. God, I'd love to win a fucking Oscar. Go up there and act like I'm humble. You know, I just don't even feel like... I mean, what I just think of all the work that everybody else did so that I can stand here and just be me, me, me. This is awesome. <laughs> if I ever win one, I'm not going to be humble. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious if you had the balls to just go up there? Just walking up there. And the Oscar goes... So Bill Burr for Redheads Are People too. It's stupid music. And then I go up there and I just fucking take it out of some broad's hand. Yeah, you know what? It's about fucking time. All you other goddamn groups bitch moaning and complaining. You know? It's about time they let a redheaded male be an action hero. Sons of bitches all these years. All the gay people complaining. All the ladies. All the black people. What about the redheads? You know what? This isn't for all the other redheads. This is for me. It's about fucking time. Go fuck yourselves. All of you. You fucked up. You gave me a million dollars and I didn't spend any of it. So you know what? I don't need any of you. I'm out of here. All right? I bought some land in Wyoming. I got a fucking gun. And I'm not doing another one of these fucking movies because I don't like doing it. Nine times in a row. Okay, could we do it again? Hey, can you go fuck yourself? Yeah, the camera's on. You saw it, didn't you? Why do all of you wear those giant glasses with the black frames? You know, thanks to you guys doing that. Now LeBron James is doing it. And that fucking guy on the on the uh, uh, Kevin Durant 
Everybody's got these big... What's his face? The other guy, Dwight Howard's wearing those big fucking glasses. Why are all the NBA superstars dressing like old casting directors? Oh, wait, back to the acceptance speech. All right? So fuck all of you. And uh, that's it. Merry Christmas. That's my acceptance speech. You know, you just need to win one. And no matter how much of a douche you are for the rest of your life, you're like, that. that's the Oscar-winning douchebag Bill Burr. <laughs> that's got to be right up there, right? The Oscar's basically the Medal of Honor for pussies. <laughs> you know, you didn't take out a platoon or hold out a, a fucking platoon all by yourself. You didn't run up to a tank and drop a grenade in it. What did you do? You pretended to be a guy who ran up to a tank and dropped a grenade into the fucking thing, right? I don't even know what I'm talking about, people. I had two shows tonight. The first one was at 4 o'clock this afternoon, right? Because people had to get home to watch the Oscars. What are you? Who are you wearing? Why can I see your chest bones? Your tits look like prunes. Eat something. Um, are you like me, people? Do you like a little fucking girl with little meat on her bones? You know what I mean? Somebody you can fucking throw around the bedroom. Isn't that, isn't that lovely? Um, what am I talking about this week? What are we talking about? Hey, everybody. What, how about, you know what? How about a nice little... It's time for a commercial, everybody. do 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 Hey, do you guys like going to the post office? Well, go ahead. I don't care. I don't have to go to the post office anymore. I don't feel like going to school no more. Me neither. I don't go to the post office anymore. I'm done standing in that damn line buying all those miserable people just to get up to the front to have somebody say, next window, please, and then watch them sit their fat ass in a bunch of those peanuts that they put in the box. You know, and their stupid blue pants. I've had it. I don't like their uniforms. I don't like the looks on their faces. Wouldn't it be phenomenal if somebody came up a way to bring the post office into your house, into your apartment, into your tent, if you're out there, uh, down, still down there in Wall Street, right? What'd they call it? If you're taking over? What, are they, what was it called? Occupy. If you're occupying someplace, you need to write, you need to send out a bunch of mass email. All you got to do is go to stamps.com, everybody. All right? Your time is valuable. You don't have time to go down there and stand with all those other miserable bastards. All right? You want to print out the stamps by yourself? Wouldn't that be great? This is like this is like the, uh, the uh, what do they call it? The center ice package. You want to watch all the NHL games? You get that. All right? This is the center ice package for fucking stamps. Why did I just curse and ruin this read? I don't know. It's what I do. I self-sabotage. But that doesn't mean I don't believe in this product because I use it. All right? (laughs) This is just going off the rails here. Stamps.com is so convenient. Let's get back to the copy. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. You can print postage for any letter or package whenever you need it, 24-7. 24-7, people. I'm mailing out all my DVDs. They give me a little scale. I love it. I feel like I'm a little kid pretending to work at the post office but i'm actually an adult with a real post office basically in my own apartment my own house excuse me all right so i know what you're thinking 
You're just like me. You're selfish. You're like, well, okay, Bill, that's great. What's in it for me? Where's the special offer? Where's the buy one, get one free? Well, here it comes there, Freddie. Right now, Stamps.com has a special offer for my listeners. My listeners. It's a no-risk trial. No risk, okay? You get a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale that you're going to love, by the way. You're going to get addicted to using it like me. And you get $55 in free postage. All right? This is a no-risk trial. They're giving you 55 bucks and a little scale. All right? So sit your fanny on the scale and lick those stamps, baby, because this is a hell of a deal. But only if you go and you use my last name. This is what you do. You go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, once you get to the website, you click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. You type in Burr. B is in Burr. U-R-R. Okay? <laughs> That's stamps.com. Enter Burr. Get your stamps. Get your scale. And never stand in that miserable miserable bread line that there's no bread at the front. All right. How was that for a read? All right. Let's get on to stuff that I want to I bitch about this week. All right? Now, I know a lot of you guys, you probably think on some level that I hate women. All right? And I got to be honest with you. You're fucking right. I don't like hate them individually, but as a group, they fucking annoy me. Because they're always complaining, bitch moaning, and all this fucking crap. Unlike me, who just always brings the sunshine. <laughs> I, this is the thing. Whenever it comes down to male-female relationships, what I've noticed on television is that if someone's going to be the douche, it's always the guy. If somebody's at fault, it's always the guy. If somebody's going to pay, it's always the guy, except for the occasional Britney Spears. All right? Who, if I ever see, I'm buying her a fucking beer. Poor girl with that bum-ass husband. Right? Backup dancer sitting around the house getting fat, sitting in sweatpants that she paid for. You know? She ever went over there and slapped the shit out of him, smashed him on his head with one of her bedazzled high heels, and I was on that jury, I, I would say not guilty. I would say not guilty. I would say she's a fucking hero that she hasn't done it yet. Um, here's, here's a story for you. I'm, these are the stories. I'm just going to put this out here because I'm really hoping that this is going to inspire somebody to start some sort of legislation or whatever the fuck you need to do to turn things around. Because I really, in this country, there's a major problem. Women are organized and guys are not when it comes to this relationship shit. All right? Oh, you go right ahead and roll your eyes, ladies. I don't give a fuck. This isn't for you. All right? Here's a nice story. Here's, I'm going to read one of these every fucking week to fucking people realize what is going on. All right? What is not, not what is going on. What is also going on? Is every fucking three minutes, I got to watch the story about some poor woman who got the living shit kicked out of her by some asshole guy, right? And you watch enough of those stories, and you start thinking, oh, my God, women are always the victim. It's not so. Here's a nice story for you. A little story called, Who Knew I Was Not the Father? Do I even need to read it to you? You know where this is going. This happens all the fucking time, but it, they, they don't talk about it. You know, it's not considered a major fucking problem. It's because guys are not organized. And we have to start bitch, moaning, and complaining the way women do. All right? Just mentally try and imagine what it's like to, to have a period. And that's the mindset you need to get in to, to make change in this country. That's what, I think, that's what I think is needed. All right? Okay, here we are. Boys and girls, gather around. Who knew I was not the father? Take one. It was July in 2007 when Mike, and I, Mike L. asked the Pennsylvania courts to declare that he was no longer the father of his daughter. 
For four years, Mike had known that the girl he had rocked to sleep and danced with across the living room floor was not, as they say, his. The revelation from a DNA test was devastating and prompted him to leave his wife. Uh, But he had not renounced their child because he's a good shit because he realized that the kid, you know, it's not the kid's fault that her mom is a whore. You know, this guy's a stand up guy. But he had not renounced their child. He continued to feel that in all the ways that mattered, she was still his daughter. And he faithfully paid her child support. I mean, this guy is a saint. If there's a God, this guy is going straight into heaven. Okay? He could have been bitter. He could have walked away. He didn't. He stood in. Right? So it was only when he learned that his ex-wife was about to marry the man who she said actually was the girl's biological father that Mike flipped. Supporting another man's child suddenly became unbearable. Can you believe this woman? Why don't they show that? Why don't they? They're showing all these stories of guys beating women. What about a woman? Why don't they show when women do shit like this? You know, not only did she cheat on her husband. She fucked the dude raw. Not only did she fuck the dude raw, she let him bust it in him. Not only did she have a fucking kid with him, she didn't say shit to her husband. So then they, this fucking guy, he has to find out. He's sitting there, you know, looking how he looks, and his kid doesn't look anything like him. And she doesn't say shit, so one day he goes to Walgreens, gets a little DNA test, does a little swabby swab of her and then him. Sends it off to you got to be shit me labs in fucking Colorado. Comes back, finds out it's not his kid. He's absolutely fucking devastated. His goddamn marriage is over and he's still a stand up guy. So now this fucking whore goes back with the guy that actually knocked her up. Now they're living together. Okay? Wouldn't you think, despite the fact that she's a whore, that maybe she wouldn't be a cunt too? You know? It's unbelievable. Why not at that point just have the fucking real dad pay? And if for some reason the courts are making this guy go through the motions of writing the check, just take the check, cash it, and give it back to the guy. Why can't you do that? You know why? Because they can never have enough. Do you know how guys can never have enough pussy? Women can never have enough stuff. You ever notice that? Even if they have a one-night stand, they still got to get a T-shirt, you know? They always got to get something. I don't know if I've said that before in this podcast, but it's fucking true. They always got to have stuff, you know, and he's, they got this free fucking money coming in. This bitch has got two. She's pimping these guys. She's got two guys, two guys working for her. Goddamn genius. Also a cunt, but she's a genius of a cunt. Okay. I mean, how dumb is that guy who actually knocked her up? How dumb is he to marry her? Who the fuck marries somebody? Who was uh, who? Who marries? Who makes somebody their wife? Who was already somebody else's wife and fucked around with you? You saw what she did. You think she's not going to get tired of you? You think she's not going to go somewhere else, get some more dick and a little more, you know, foreign spackle between the fucking gams? Unbelievable. So there you go. That's and that's not misogynistic. That I'm only reading reading these stories. What I'm doing is I'm trying to balance out the bullshit that you see it on TV. The bullshit vibe that only guys cheat, guys are dogs, guys, guys, guys do all the fucking bullshit. It's okay. 
we are equal. Okay? We are equal. We are capable of doing wonderful things like this guy who did the right thing by this little girl. And we're also capable of doing horrific things. All right? Slapping the shit out of fucking women, sticking their heads in the glove box, trying to see if you can get it all the way closed. You know? We also do shit like that. And ladies, right? They can be absolute angels. And they can be uh, a steaming pile of cunt like this woman. So there you go. That's my little fair and balanced reporting. <laughs> For this week. Go fuck yourselves. I've done an uh, I've done two hour two and a half hours of comedy tonight. My new special uh, I'm taping this Saturday night at the Lincoln Theater in Washington, D.C. And let me tell you something, brother. I'm fucking bringing it on this one. All right? I am on a mission to outdo my last two fucking specials. Okay? And I don't care if you cunts don't think I did it. I think I'm going to do it. All right? I have a special. Is it even a special at this point now that Comedy Central has given every fucking person on the planet a goddamn special? I'm going to call this one. It's a stand-up... Um, uh, standard. <laughs> you know, everybody, I can't believe half my listeners haven't gotten an hour-long special on Comedy Central. You know, God bless Comedy Central. They put me on forever, but I got to tease them a little bit. The year when I did my half hour, if you guys ever see, if you ever get a chance to watch my half hour, that music that they played when they went to the commercial was, it was the worst music I've ever heard in my life. It was so fucking disrespectful to all the hard work you did as a comedian. You finally get a special. You're excited. And then they just would go to commercial and they'd have your face. And there was just this trumpet that would go. (laughs) Fucking like, what the fuck was that? What the? did, did, Did they have lyrics to that? You suck. Fuck you. That's what it sounded like. Look at this wacky douchebag. It's just, you know what I mean? There's just no respect for it. So anyways, I'm taping this special. I'm doing two on, uh, I'm doing two on uh, Saturday night. And I am beyond fucking ready. I worked my ass off for the last six weeks. I've done a bunch of shows. And I really want to thank everybody who came out. And who sincerely laughed at what was funny and fucking stared at me when it wasn't. Because I got this bitch. It's it's ready to go. It's ready to go, man. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm fucking wiped out. So this is what this is what I did. All right? I'm taping it in D.C. I live in Los Angeles. Okay? Do the nautical fucking miles there. It's a horrific flight that I've done a zillion fucking times. All right? Right. I'm fucking over it, mate. Yeah? Um, so I bought a coach ticket and then fucking used my miles, which is something I never do. I never use my miles. Don't ask me why. I just keep, I keep, I get a bunch of miles. I never fucking use them. And then the airline gets bought out by somebody else. And then somebody comes in and they say, Hey, you know what? You don't have any more miles. And I say, well, guess what? They're fucking Rapunzel. I, I never use them. So go fuck yourself. All right, you got anything else to tell me? Don't fucking call me up and tell me what I have and I don't have. I have enough in my life, and I don't need you or your fucking miles. All right? Go fuck yourself. So. <laughs> so, I actually used my miles. I bumped myself up to a first-class fucking ticket. All right? 
And uh, I'm going out there, stone fucking sober. And when I come back, I'm drinking on that flight, baby. And they're probably going to have to land in St. Louis because I might be the next guy to take a shit on the food cart. That's how drunk I am going to get because I have done so many shows. If I have to do this hour one more fucking time, I'm going to kill myself. I'll be fine by next Saturday. Nobody wants to bomb when the cameras are on. So that nervousness, you know. But as far as this hour, I absolutely love it. But I'm walking away after this week. I've had it. I'm walking away like De Niro in heat. And then I then I get to start the wonderful process of a whole new fucking hour with everything that I've learned from this hour. So um, I want to thank everybody who's gone out and bought tickets and all that type of shit. And uh, everyone who's gone to Amazon.com. That's fucking blowing up, man. You guys are doing such a wonderful thing for me. For, for the people who, other people who, other person who works on my podcast, I'm able to pay him now, nice amount of money. And then 10% of everything that goes to Amazon.com is going to the Wounded Warriors Project, and uh, which is leading me to have a nice relationship with them, which is going to lead to more cool stuff. So thank you. So if you're new to my podcast, um, this is basically it. If you go on Amazon.com, if you're going to buy something, I'm not saying to fucking buy anything, relax, but if you're going to, just go to my pod, uh, my podcast. Go to my website first. Go to BillBurr.com. Click on the podcast. On the right-hand side, you'll see the link to Amazon.com right underneath the iTunes. You click on that, and then I'll get credit for driving traffic there. They'll give me a little bit of kickback. It doesn't cost you a fucking thing, right? They give me a little bit of a kickback, and then I take 10% of that, give it to the Wounded Warriors. So you donate to my podcast, and you help out veterans who fought for this country, all right? And you get a free fucking podcast and whatever the hell you bought on Amazon.com. I mean, Jesus Christ, how much more do you need to win? You know? God, some people are so selfish. Somebody's actually sitting here right now going, is that it? Is that all I get? You know? And if you are, just be that way. I don't give a fuck. How far in am I? 23 goddamn minutes. 23 minutes into this podcast. Um, all right. I had, I had an unbelievable weekend out here um, at the Denver Comedy Works. Um I didn't booze until Saturday night. Boozed one time. A uh, friend came by. I made some new friends. And we drank, uh, not too crazy, you know, a couple, two or three. A couple, two or three shots, you know. A little surf and turf, as they say. And uh, then I came home. I called the lovely Nia. I'm like, hey, what's going on? She's like, you've been drinking, haven't you? I'm not drunk. Um. Anyways, last week I talked about those noise cancellation headphones, and I had questions about them. You know, my ears are fucked up from playing drums. And, um, you know, I wanted to get those noise cancellation things, and I had a question about as far as, like, if you're wearing those, are they actually protecting your ears, or are they just tricking your ears into thinking they're not hearing anything, but they actually are hearing it, but they can't register it, so you're still fucking up your ears. So somebody who I don't know what their background is is putting me at ease. Says, Bill, just in case no one has answered this question adequately, yes. The answer is no. Noise cancellation will not fuck up your ears. Well, this guy sounds like a pro. Um, the principle behind noise cancellation is called destructive interference. The destructive part is the key here. Applying one sound wave, which is out of phase with another, will quite literally neutralize the sound producing a dead or quiet zone. 
So it's not that you just can't hear the noise that is messing up your ears. It's that it isn't there at all anymore. Well, fuck it. I want to get some. Who makes the best ones? Let me know. Tell me who makes them, and I, w- I will buy them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking more of these questions because I have one for you. Um, I, I fly all the fucking time. And you know what was killing me is that there's no more supersonic jets. Whatever happened to those Concords? Can you, like, buy the other ones that didn't crash off of eBay? You know, they got to be sitting somewhere. Some billionaire probably has it. Can you imagine that? If you had a private jet the size of a commercial jet and it could fucking fly at supersonic speed. You know? That was a dream of mine that never happened. I always wanted to fly to Paris on the Concorde. You know? I wanted to be there and hear that fucking, you know, when you break the speed of sound. What is that wall of vapor that forms right when you break the speed of sound? Can somebody explain that to me? That is just like, that's the closest thing that I've ever seen to anything in Star Wars. Like literally being true. The fact that you that you go faster than sound. You think think about I mean what's the speed of light's the next one. I mean that's a huge fucking jump, but that's that's fucking unbelievable. What it why does why does ah gee, I, you know, I'm too fucking stupid to even ask the question. You know what I'm asking. Can somebody help me with my scientific background? I really would like to be able to explain shit. I just don't understand it. Maybe I should just remain ignorant. So much of the world just seems magical to me because I don't understand basic laws of physics. Like how a plane stays up in the air. I just I just don't understand it. It's heavier than I am. I can't fly. You know? <laughs> don't even send me a fucking email about lift and surfing on the air. I, I don't get it. It's just something I'm never going to understand. All right, last week we talked about a shitty neighbor. This is going to be a short podcast, everybody. I, I mean, I don't know what... Uh, I don't know what to talk about. I'm burnt out. Uh, Shitty neighbor and how I handled it. Hey, Bill and the lovely Nia. Love the podcast. My wife and I have an awful downstairs neighbor that has a long history of randomly threatening people, much like the asshole's neighbor in last week's podcast. We ignored him until one day he banged on the floor and scared the piss out of my sweet little mother-in-law who was visiting. Yeah, they always seem to like to pick on women, you know? Fucking pussies. Um, I stewed for an hour until my mother-in-law left, and I went down there and basically dared this guy to punch me. That's awesome. Because he has to hit you first, as you noted. That's right. That's right. But I don't know what happens if you ask somebody to punch him in the face. Then, I mean, isn't he just kind of helping you out there? Um, I don't know. There's so much shit I don't understand. Uh, obviously, he didn't do anything because he's a fat creep who sweats butter. <laughs> That's why I had the confidence to challenge someone to fisticuffs for the first time since grade school. So nothing happened. Just a lot of yelling, but he did But he did sputter. Next time I see you, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Oh, I love that. Next time I see you. What, are you busy right now, fatty? What do you got to do? What, you got a couple more fucking steakums on the stove you don't want to burn? There's nothing better than beating up a fatty because it doesn't even hurt your hands. You know, he's sitting there wheezing. You just feel like you're beating up a beanbag, you know? It's tremendous. I'm not advocating it. I'm not advocating beating down the obese. I'm just saying to do it if they're assholes, if you want to. It's your choice, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so anyways, uh, so I started laughing, and he slammed the door in my face. That's perfect. 
Next time I see him, he kicked my ass. He just laughed in his face. Oh, that poor fat bastard. I bet he went in there, ate a burger while watching a porno, jerking off. He was so depressed. Um, so whenever I see him now, I stop and laugh and ask him, is it time for you to kick my ass, tough guy? Oh, this guy's brilliant. I hope the person from last week is listening because this guy, this guy's doing it. He's doing it perfectly. He says, I've even seen him hide in his car to avoid talking to me. So your advice, Bill, has worked great. Oh, it's my advice? Wait a minute. I, did I read this wrong? Did you just fucking do this? Oh, look at this. Did I help this guy out? Thank God. So laughing is working out for this guy. Um, What the fuck is it? He's, oh, Jesus Christ. Now he scrolled down. Come on, Bill. Uh, so whenever I look at him now, I stop and ask him, is it time to keep your ass? Um, oh, he says, tough guy is the key phrase because it's so condescending. As for Nia's advice to win the heart and mind of the guy's wife, which I also thought was great, my neighbor has a high school-age kid that sometimes visits. I don't know what the relation is, but whenever I see this kid playing soccer outside, I say hello, crack a joke, ask him about Real Madrid because he always wears their gear. Uh, these 20-second 20 20 conversation drive my neighbor nuts. I can see him peering out the window at us. Oh, dude, you're killing this guy. The neighbor has been emasculated, neutralized. The cops never got involved, and I never even had to ground and pound with a greasy retiree. Bill and Nia equal perfect advice. No wonder you guys are such a good pair. Oh, isn't that nice? Dude, this guy killed it. I don't know if we told you all that last week. I think, uh, I think you had a natural talent for that. So there you go. Laughing, calling somebody tough guy. Ah, what I love is you've made this guy's life so miserable that not only does he he's not even knocking on the ceiling anymore, he's now he actually hides from you. Oh, and the shame. So you know what that means is this guy fantasizes about what he wishes he could do to you and he can't, which makes him even more miserable, which probably makes him eat more, which makes him fatter. You know which is one day going to neutralize the entire problem because he's going to be too fat to, to lift that roast beef of a fucking arm up to even hit the ceiling. You know? Oh, wow. Anyways. Dude, my lips are so fucking dry right now, it's ridiculous. And I'm one of those guys that believes in that urban myth that if you use chapstick, there's something in there that makes you addicted to it and that your, your lips, you know? It's like if you're constipated. You know what I mean? And you keep taking those pills so you can shit. If you do it too much, your body just goes, oh, we don't need to make whatever the fuck it is that we make to make you, you, you know, be able to shit. And then you got to take them. You know? You never take, you know, if you're constipated, you never take those pills. It's very simple. You just do it how the Romans used to do it. All right? You wade into a stream. All right? You face your ass upriver. You stick a reed up your ass. <laughs> And you fill your ass with river water. All right? And if that doesn't clean out your system, then you, you weren't meant to shit ever again. Okay? And the great thing is it's all natural. That's what they, that's not what actually they used to do. That's what they used to do when, before when they would, they needed like an enema or uh, what do they call that when people have uh, a colonic? 
They used to do that back in the day. That's how they did it back in the day. They took a fucking, <laughs> they took a reed. They waited in the river. They had their ass pointed towards the current, and then they jammed a reed up their ass. <laughs> they just stood there <laughs> and just accepted as much of the river up their ass as they could, and then they just, they just, uh, you know. Shit confetti going down the river, you know, and that was probably the first environmental disaster. See, people, you got to know your history or else you're doomed to repeat it. Oh, God, 33 minutes in. Yeah, so my fucking lips are. uh, I've been using this shit since last week because last week when I was in New York, I was driving all the gigs and it was cold out. So I had the heat on, and rather than having it on defrost is what I usually do, I had the vent on, and I dried out my lips. So I bought this shit, and ever since ever since I bought it, it's like my fucking lips keep drying out, and I keep using it. And uh, I'm drinking plenty of water, you know? I'm telling you, I, I really believe in that. So, uh, you know, fuck chapstick, all right? That's reverse advertising, everybody. Fuck that one, and it's ish. Um, all right, more advice. Hey, Bill, buying a car. By the way, how great is the advice now, now that we finally stop with the relationship stuff? I'll eventually come back to it, but, you know, I'll give you guys moronic advice on it, on everything. And once again, you're on your own, okay? I'm not an expert on any of this shit. All right, buying a car. Dear Bill, I'm a 19-year-old Taekwondo instructor and full-time student in Queens College. I live in uh, blah, 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 and my dojo. Is that how you spell dojo? D-O-J-A-N? Dojan? I don't know. I'm going to say dojo because that's what I've always heard. Um, Dojo and college couldn't be farther apart. I recently bought a Mazda Protégé year 2000 from my aunt. Oh, God. Never never buy a a fucking shitbox from a relative. It's never going to end good. I don't like the way this is going already. I had it recently in the shop for the entire first month, and it was officially mine. And I did over $2,000 of repair. New suspension, rear brakes, sensors, etc. What the fuck are sensors? I don't even know about cars anymore. Um, On it in order for it to hopefully cut down on my travel time and last a couple of good years. It broke down in Long Island after the first full month of use. Fuck me. So I wanted to ask you if you had any advice on another car I could buy. uh, Where I could look to buy one that won't fuck me. That won't fuck me over because, seriously, fuck family. And any tips you could give me on saving for the car would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know what it is about family. It's like they love you and they have your back except when it comes to selling you a car because they will fuck you over. Um, I saw it when I was a kid. Um, You know, I just... it's I don't know what it is. They just... First of all, you're buying it from your aunt. She's older. They don't know shit, and they think it's a great. I don't know, or maybe they just completely fuck you over. This is what I would. This is what this is what I do when I when I bought used cars. Is don't buy anything flashy because it's got the shit kicked out of it. I stuck with Toyotas and Hondas because those things will last two hundred thousand miles easy if you change the oil. And then, like I bought. Um, what did I do? When I was I bought a 1988 Honda Accord in 1997, so it was nine years old, 
and it already had a hundred thousand fucking miles or eighty something miles, thousand miles on it or something. And I bought it. It was four door, nothing flashy. It was like a family car. Um, I would definitely, I, if I was going to buy a used car, I would go with a uh, a Toyota or a Honda that has been well man- maintained. That's what the fuck I would do. And you, and and then you got to pay some money. All right, if if you're gonna go under six, seven thousand dollars, I mean, Jesus, you're just buying somebody else's fucking problems. Just go out and get a loan. You'll get some credit, and believe me, just pay off the fucking loan. It's gonna be a lot less cheaper. I, there was nothing even funny in that. That's just what I'll tell you. All right, at least they make the American cars better now. But I don't know. I'm I'm fucking jaded when it comes to that shit because uh, I came up in the '80s when they started making American cars disposable. One of the worst fucking things they could ever do. Like the car was literally designed to shit the bed at 80,000 fucking miles while the uh, Japanese were making them to last 200,000. So do the fucking math. It's a terrible fucking time. Oh, my God. That was such a terrible time. And then they shrunk down Cadillacs to make them the size of a Chevy Citation. Dude, I I know I bring up this car all the time. The fucking American cars. I don't know what happened to them. They, They made... During that period, they like like those cars. Like I watch when I watch those uh, those auctions on TV. There's no cars from the fucking eighties that are American. The only thing you'll see you'll see like a uh, like the Buick Grand National. There's one that was the top of the line one that that like to this day can beat most cars. You know, just a fucking badass looking car, and um, that one has retained its value. There's there's very few. But, like, I don't even know what a fucking Impala looked like in the 80s. No one gave a fuck. But Impalas from the early 70s all the way back to, like, 1958 and 59. Everybody loves them. Um, I don't know. So they used to, they made this Chevy Citation, and they forgot to put the fucking radio in. So they had to turn it, like, like sideways. I'll try to put a picture of that up on the website. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's my advice, dude. I would I would go with a Toyota or a Honda, and I would pay like seven eight grand for the fucking thing, and I would buy it off somebody, um, and and don't be afraid if it has like a hundred thousand fucking miles on it, because if somebody maintain it, that thing's gonna that thing can go three hundred thousand miles, you know, um, that's what I would do. All right, good luck to you, and don't buy it off your fucking relatives, because they they'll fuck you over as, you, as you've seen. All right, there you go. That was like a public service announcement there. Uh, advice, hey Bill. I love your comedy. Really, really focus. I look forward to it every Monday. All right. It gets me. Jesus Christ. Where they, okay, I want to ask you some questions. Well, ask it. I'm 25 years old and have been married for two years to a great woman. No kids yet. Uh, we live very close to all of her family, parents, grandparents, cousins, all of them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. That can be a fucking nightmare. All right. You better, you better have the ground rules down. All right. And be like, listen, I know... Your family fucking lives right around the corner, but this is my fucking house. All right? It's my fucking house. They only come around on the holidays. They don't just show up like Kramer on Seinfeld. None be, be none of that. So anyways, anyways, her grandmother is planning this big three-day-long family reunion this summer, and as much as I love my wife, I would rather take a shit on a hooker's toilet then go to this thing. Yeah, absolutely, dude. You're surrounded by them. I spend far too much time with their family as it is. And worst of all, I think it might, might conflict with when you come to do a show in my hometown. 
I told her today that if her reunion is the same weekend that you come to town, that I will just have to skip the reunion. Good man. Uh, she let me have it for about how important this is to her. This is what they do. This is what they do. Um, how her family comes first. And if I was a good person, I would go to the reunion. And then she started to cry. Oh, dude, she hit you with both barrels. Both barrels. Dude, uh, this is so fucked up. I'm actually going to whisper. And my lovely woman is fucking four states away. I had this fucking argument. I had this argument fucking a week ago. All right? Uh, oh, my God. You got to get to the post. You got to get to the mailbox first and look for those fucking wedding invitations. All right? And you get that and you just rip it up and fire it over the fucking fence. All right? I didn't do that. All right? I saw it. I knew it was an invitation. And she got this fucking invitation to go to a goddamn wedding. All right? In the middle of fucking nowhere. All right? And I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. And then she starts telling me how important these people are to her. And I said, give me a fucking break. They're important to you? I've never heard you say their names. I don't even recognize these names. How can this be important? How can they? And then she and then she starts saying, she just did the exact fucking same thing. Short of the crying. You know, I would think that you would want to go with this to me. This is important and blah, blah, blah. It's like, sweetheart, I spend my life in airports on airplanes. I don't want to go to an extra fucking thing. Okay? Tell them to put it on Skype and I'll sit there and watch it with you. I don't want to fucking go to it. All right? So, let me ask, do, do we ask them to go to any shit? Like, I would never drag my girl to a football game. She hates it. But I said, that this is really important to me. If you were a good person, you'd go and tailgate and get drunk with me. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't want to go. So anyways, and then she started to cry. He said, I have got a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of this shit since I got married. Yeah, I could tell you that, dude, because you're 25. You know, you're 25. If you're 25 and you get fucking married, a woman is going to be 10 years Beyond you just knowing how to fucking roll over you in a relationship. But not all is not lost. All is not lost. Let me finish this. Um, if anything happens in her family, I have to be there, even if it's as small as her cousin graduating from the third grade. I'm sick of it. I mean, I really hate doing stuff like this. She knows I don't like it, but if I was just to flat out tell her I hate it, it would break her heart. All right, so you're a decent guy. Okay. I would hate to do that because she's my wife and I love her. All right. Is he a good guy? Thinking about her. Okay. Oh, and I see my family, and I see my family about once a year since they live on the other side of the country. She just doesn't understand that I did not grow up in a family where we spend a ton of time together. So shit, shit life family reunions uh, doesn't mean that much to me. I feel like those ladies should understand that if I miss one weekend with them to see my favorite comedian who I might not get a chance to see again in a very long time, then that's all right. How do I let her know how I feel and get her to give me some space and not crush my balls about going to all of her family stuff? Um, all right, dude. This is what you do. Your, head, your, heart, your heart's in the right place. You don't want to hurt her. Okay. And I'm going to kind of side with your wife on this one in that. Not really siding with her, but you picked the wrong one to put your foot down on. 
All right. What you had to do is put your foot down on, you know, little Mikey just made his first fucking popsicle stick house. We all have to go over and look at it. That's something that you can blow off like a major family reunion. You kind of got to go to that. You got to be by her side. Okay. So that she can prove that. See, I got one. He loves me. Right. So this is what you what you are right now. You're in a great position to barter. Okay. Because you're going to make the sacrifice and not seeing my show. Okay? So this is what you tell her. Just say, listen. My favorite comedian is coming to town. Just like you said, I might not get another chance to see him. But because this is so important to you, I want to be there for you. So I will go. Okay? And she'll say, good. Thank you. And then you say, however. All right? This is when you barter. And just say, all this. Now, I don't know how to say this eloquently. Because uh, I just have to get to the point. All this fucking bullshit, these cunty little stupid ass fucking things. I don't give a fuck about you. The, I don't want to go to them anymore. Okay? I work all day. I come home. I want to chill out. I don't know your family. I don't know. I married you. Okay? You want to go to the, you know, the Oscars of your family reunion? I will go to that shit. Okay? Your dad gets a new colostomy bag. I'm not showing up to that. I, I, I am not going to all of them. I will go to some major ones. I will go to Christmas time. I'll put on the sweater. All right. But this fucking 24 seven all the fucking time. Susie fuckface is having a birthday party. I'm not going to it. I'm staying home and I'm watching the game. Okay. Because it's making me miserable and I want to be happy with you. All right. And this is the thing. She might give you shit about that. But no, you got You got to put your foot down and let her cry about it. All right? And just say, this isn't fair to me. This isn't fair to me that all of my free time involves being with your family. All right? I don't know how you say it, dude. You got to figure out how to say it. it's fucking boring. Good Lord, going over there. I don't like the smell of their house. I don't like their food. I don't like the color of their plates. I just want to get the fuck out of there. I'm not comfortable. You are. Go over there. They're prob- they probably don't even like you going over there. You know, they want their girl over there. So fucking go over there. So that that's what I would do. Um, you just play her game. All right? My show is as important to you as that fucking thing. So why don't, why don't you cry? No, nah, you can't do that. But you know what I'm saying. Just flip it around. Just be like, all right, well, I want you to know that I'm missing my favorite fucking comedian to go to this thing. Okay? And I will go to this thing. Okay? But from here on out, I am only going to the major ones. Okay? Because I love you and I support you. But this ticky-tack fucking horse shit... That's all you. I'm not I'm not doing that. Okay? Cuz I need a life outside of this outside of your family. All right? Go fuck yourself. Love you. Love you buttons. I'll see you later. There you go. How's that? Was that work? Um overrated underrated for the week. Overrated school. Uh, school is nothing but a waste of time and money. I graduated school last summer and now I go to community college. Uh, my dad harasses me every day to get my ass up and listen to an old ass man talk about something that has nothing to do with my career. I am a model and an actress and I don't know what the fuck to do with, uh, two X plus four equals eight. What does that have to do with me remembering my lines? I swear. I hate that place so much. Um, all right. Underrated. 
well, I don't know. It's really school isn't overrated. It's uh, I think I you know if you want to be a model and an actress, yeah, you should. Why the fuck are you taking algebra? But algebra isn't overrated. You need algebra. <laughs> you need geometry. Without geometry, we couldn't build shit. So it's not overrated. Um, I think what you should have said was it was annoying. But good luck with your modeling and uh, acting career. I hope I see you at the fucking Oscars. All right? And don't get naked. Don't do that. Don't whore it up. Keep it classy. That'll make That'll set you apart from this ocean of whores. Like, just how, like, mainstream dressing like a whore has become, you know, and how successful you can come. Become by just being a fucking skank like that raven-haired chick, right, who needs to be steam-cleaned because she's blown every six-round draft pick out there. Uh, underrated. Going to school with a slight buzz. I hate school so much that one day I decided to steal some of my dad's liquor. I must admit that school was a bit more amusing that day, so I continued to do it. Now, I know that might sound like I have a problem, but I really don't care. Whatever gets me through the day, I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a dangerous fucking, that's a dangerous road to go down. You know, obviously school sucks. It's boring. You want to get the fuck out of there, you know. You want to go drink and fuck something. You're a human being, right? But when you start, I don't know, being able to be hammered or being high, you know, First time you smoke a joint, you're able to actually function without freaking out. You get away with it, and you think it's fucking awesome. It really isn't. It isn't. You got too much freedom, so uh, I would advise not to do that. But you know what? You didn't ask me for my advice, so I don't give a fuck. How's that? How's that? What what are we up to here? Fifty fucking one minutes. Nine more goddamn minutes. Hey, can anybody explain to me why NBA basketball is so fucking long? Did I ask that question yet? It's the only one when you jump from college to pro, it becomes longer. College football is four 15-minute quarters. College hockey is three 20-minute quarters. And as far as I know, college baseball is nine innings. College hoop is two 20-minute halves. And then you go to the pros and they add those eight excruciatingly boring fucking minutes. Why did, why did, why did they do that? I was actually watching. I watched a lot of college hoop. watched the Kansas game. Um, was it Kansas-Missouri? Uh, and I watched Kentucky uh, play somebody else. Fucking the most exciting bas Like, I love college basketball. 20-20, you're done. It's like the first half is over so fucking quick. And then when you're in the second half, it, it becomes crunch time so much quicker. The crowds are going crazy. That's one of my goals, man. I want to go to where the Jayhawks play, and I want to go to a Kentucky. I went to an uh, Indiana Hoosiers game a long time ago when I was on the road when Bobby Knight was still coaching. And he was screaming at the kids, and I was fucking getting angry watching him. You know, it's going like, there's no way I could I could play for a guy like that screaming at me like that. You know, I have to, I have like a temper as bad as his, so that that would be a bad fucking mix. But um, yeah, if anybody can answer me that question, is it just strictly for money? I I, I don't understand it. Um, what the fuck was? Oh, I gotta talk. I gotta use my, the rest of the advertising here, people. Um. Let's try to make this amusing here. Try to make it a little funny here. Gamefly.com. This is another thing that you guys have been really responding to. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to get stuff that you guys are interested in so you won't be bored during these ads. And then also, you know, all these things are going to come with a discount. So I'm trying to hook you up. So if you have any suggestions of shit that you like, 
you know, that you want a discount on. Maybe I can get them to advertise in my podcast here. Gamefly.com, everybody. That's where uh, it's the video rental system that delivers video games to your door. And now PC games right to your PC. See that? How how much easier can it get, people? Just sit there on the couch like Brad Pitt in True Romance, and they're just going to bring it right to you. Gamefly has over 8,000 titles to choose from. 8,000 different games. Okay? Tell me this isn't for a gamer. You can't tell me that this isn't, isn't a dream come true. You can't tell me that you didn't sit on the couch like, dude, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just sit here and have every game ever delivered to us, snap our fingers, and it's on our computer? Well, you can do that. Gamefly.com. Monday morning podcast listeners get a free 15-day trial. Dude, even if you're not going to sign up for this stuff, you got to go for the 15-day trial. Free 15 days, 8,000 games. Call in work. Tell them you got the whooping cough, you got yellow fever, the bubonic plague, whatever you got to say, and play games for 15 straight days. You go to game w, This is how you do it for the 15 free uh, day free trial. Go to www.gamefly.com slash burr, B-U-R-R, all lowercase. All right? You go in there, you sign up. 8,000 video games, 15-day free trial. God bless you, America. And here you go, my favorite of all favorites, Skate Fender, everybody. Um, skate Fenders are, this is, this is the stuff I've been using playing hockey, although I haven't played hockey the last couple of weeks because of Murphy's Law, because I know I have to, uh, I got to tape my special. So I've never hurt myself, knock on wood, you know, but God knows if I'm going to, it's going to be the week of my special. And I've never seen a comedian with a torn ACL ever give a pr- good performance during a comedy perf- uh, special. Other than Joe DeRosa. A lot of people don't know. On Joe DeRosa's last half-hour special, I, actually, I think it's his only one. You know, he's like Sade. He does like one every eight years. You know, he goes into hiding. You know, like like a true artist that he is. You know? You know, he, he makes his own easels. That's how much of an artist the teen idol sensation Joe DeRosa is. Um... What was I talking about? What was it? Oh, yeah, he blew out his ACL. Yep. He blew out his ACL. He was uh, he was jerking off, right? And he was about ready to come. And, he, you know, his fucking legs got so tight and he doesn't work out. It just, it just snapped. And evidently it enhanced his orgasm. But uh, he had to do a special the next day. And, uh, you know, you never would have known it. Like fucking Willis Reed, man. He just limped right through it. And what the fuck am I talking about? Skatefender.com, everybody. Um, Skatefenders. How many hockey players are out there, right? You play hockey like me. You skate around, frontwards, backwards. Give me the puck. I hate this guy. Why doesn't he pass? He's so selfish, right? Is there anything worse than taking a puck to the foot? You know, you got padding everywhere, but for some reason you don't have it there. I've always wondered that. Why the hell don't they do something to protect your foot? Evidently, studies have shown that taking a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot to the foot is like being shot by a twenty-two caliber. If you haven't taken one half that speed, okay, I don't care how much of a man you are, you collapse to the ground. You ever Watch hockey. Watch NHL hockey. When someone takes a slap shot off the foot, it looks like they get shot. They just collapse to the ground because it's like you got shot in the foot with a twenty-two caliber. Well, the wonderful people over at Skate Fender, um, they, they created these things, uh, the uh, skate fenders, and I tried them out last week, as I said. 
It fits right over your foot, molds right to your foot, you know? Three different sizes. You put it on. They're lighter than socks. You can't even tell you're wearing them. And then one day you're out there and somebody takes a slap shot. You take it off your foot, dude, and it's like Christmas. You can't feel a thing. I mean, you know you got hit, but you can't. it's like getting hit with the, the shin guard. It doesn't even hurt. Okay? So there you go. And not to mention, 19 of the 30 teams in the NHL are already wearing them. Okay? And who's kidding who? Most of us, the NHL dream is over. You got a real day job. Do you want to walk in there with one swollen foot and give that presentation? You don't. All right? Be the first one to get them. All right? And this is what you do. It's affordable for all players at all levels. And if you use the Bill Burr promo code, you will get $5 off. What is the promo code? Where the hell is it? It's effective in reducing painful, debilitating impact injuries. Do I have the thing? Used by professional teams, including the Detroit Red Wings? Where the hell is my promo code? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is. But if you use it, you get $5 off. Who cares? Just go there. Protect your damn feet. I'm using them. They're tremendous. And if you notice on my special, I will not be limping because I wear skate fenders. All right? Um, and that's it. That's the podcast for this week, everybody. Um I got a great feeling about this special, everybody. I really do, man. I'm going hard. I'm not holding back. And uh, I think I got it, man. I got that perfect balance of going off on shit that nobody gives a fuck about. You know, neutral, whatever. I got some bunch of self-deprecating shit. I got some silly shit. I got personal shit. And then I got a nice fucking rant. You know? It's like a great meal. You got your veggies. You got your fucking toothpaste and you got your fucking twat sitting right there across the table. She ain't going to pay you. She, huh? Stop acting like you're going for your wallet like you're going to pay. Yeah, that's something I never pulled. You know, back when I used to go on dates, you know, when I slicked back when I had a full head of red hair. And I'd slick it back like Clark Kent, you know. I did that too, you know, like Superman, you know. When I did stand-up, I parted it on the left side. And when I went on a date, I was on the right side. You know, it was, wasn't even funny. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. What am I talking about here? I got I got a special coming out, everybody. I'm taping it next week, and I'm fucking ready to go. All right? I got a new button-down shirt. I got a pair of jeans and some new shoes. And I'm fucking doing this thing. All right? I'm going to fucking do this thing. And then I am drinking on the plane, and we're landing in St. Louis, and I'm going to be taken off in cuffs. That's my game plan for next week. All right? So you guys go fuck yourselves. Um, well, before I say that, thank you for for, uh, for doing all this stuff. I really appreciate the uh, everybody going to Amazon.com. It's such a great thing to be able to, uh, you know, make a little money on this podcast and then actually do a good thing with some of the money. You know what I mean? not going to lie to you. I'm keeping most of the money. All right? And I'm saving up for one of those new uh, Roland electronic drum kits. That's my next thing that I'm going to buy. Although I have to get that by Nia. Where are we going to put it? It's too big. I know, but it's fun. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I actually bought a new drum pedal. I'm going to let you guys know about this thing because I've been trying to do that JoJo Mayer thing. I'm getting back into that, trying to get my bass drum speed up. I just want to be able to do three in a row fucking solid and really quick. You know what I mean? I just want to be that guy when people listen to you play. Like, you got a double pedal? No, I don't. That's one foot. Huh? That's one foot. And then I can use, do that other thing. You ever see that shit where people just do that little rocking back and forth and they get that hi-hat splashing sound? 
All right, that was for the three drummers who listened to this fucking thing. All right, that's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. Don't take any shit. I'll see you next week, and I'll let you know how this special goes. And uh, I'm going to be on vacation for four days. Four days I am off, and then I am working on some other project that has nothing to do with comedy. If you live in Los Angeles and you'd like to watch me bomb trying out my new stuff all during March, you'll see me. I'll be dipping in and out of the comedy store on Sunset. Um, that is it. Hear the excitement? I'm ready. I'm in the fucking, I'm in the, I'm in the whatever, whatever the fuck you say. I'm ready to do this and I'm babbling because I'm that excited. All right. I'll talk to you next week. I'll let you know how it goes. I already said that for the love of God. Spitting our guts from their gears Draining our spleen over years Find myself with crossed fingers in the rubble there Well you stole the heart right out my chest Changed the words that I know best Find myself with crossed fingers in the rubble